Listeners, producer Cam here. It is time to elevate your full-body grooming game with Manscaped. And guess what? They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. And inside the Perfect Package 3.0 kit, there is a lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations around your manscaping routine. And guess what? You'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver inside the Perfect Package. And it is an anti-chafing undercarriage deodorant and moisturizer because guess what? We all know how painful chafing can be. Subscribe to the Perfect Package to get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. You heard that right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the promo code THEATHLETIC20, all one word, and that's two zero for the 20. And... For limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag at $39 value and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Brief. So, once again, go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Welcome to the Rainbow Skyline podcast on The Athletic. Nice pass, Jokic! Nice pass, and I told him, listen, if you see me around Denver, Colorado, anywhere, it's all about the Nuggets right now. Rainbow. Hello, and welcome to a new edition of the Rainbow Skyline Podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host today, Kendra Andrews, and I am joined by special guest, senior NBA columnist, John Hollinger, who gives his amazing insight over at The Athletic. So head there now, subscribe through this podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get them. Today, we're going to be talking about Denver's talented youth and what they've been doing in the bubble, which has been a lot, as well as looking ahead to what the Nuggets need to do to take that next step forward. So, John, thank you so much for hopping on here with me today. Sure. Thanks for having me. You know, one of the biggest storylines for the Nuggets over in Orlando has been their youth, and it's just been on full display last night. Guys like Bull Bull and PJ Dozier really just kind of showed a little sample of what they're all about. And it is a small sample size. A guy like Bull Bull, we've only seen him play in Orlando. He didn't play at all during the regular season. But what has your first impression been of these young guys? Well, what stands out to me, it's with Bull Bull, it's with PJ Dozier. It's something they've done going back to Malik Beasley. the Nuggets have had a lot of success with medical cases, guys that other teams kind of look sideways at in the draft, especially uh, because of some physical issues. And they've been able to work with those guys and get them on the court. Obviously, we've seen great results from Michael Porter in the bubble as well, who was a, a guy who was red flagged by a lot of teams. And so I that to me is just a continuation of a trend with that. That's why Bull Bull fell so far in the draft. That's why PJ Dozier wasn't drafted. He had a lot of knee problems in college. So they they've been able to turn players like that into productive players, and 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 whatever their health issues were, they've been able to navigate navigate through those so far, uh, and and not have those issues come up. Now Bull Bull, obviously, at his size with his shooting ability. That's a pretty impressive package if you can uh, find a position where he can be 
defensively, you know, not get pushed around. He's just so incredibly thin. It was like <laughs> shocking to me when I saw him in person earlier this year when I saw the Nuggets, just how narrow he is from side to side for somebody who is that tall, uh, like built like a pencil, basically. It's, it's amazing. And uh, so so really finding finding the right right spaces to play him, finding the right matchups for him to guard. I think putting him like in zone defenses, which they've done a few times, has been uh, somewhat effective. And then Do- Dozier, I think playing on the ball has been uh, really a, a revelation a little bit that that he can be a, a playmaker even at his size and and run the offense. The biggest thing with him now is to get his outside shot up to speed because he's a guy that teams are just going to go under the screen against, especially once they scout him a little more. And he needs to add that perimeter element to really be a guy who can who can help them and get into their top eight or nine players. You know, you mentioned, you know, finding good spots for Bobo. And of course, he's been spending a lot of time in more of the small forward, power forward position, which you wouldn't really expect to see a seven foot guy with a seven foot nine wingspan be in that spot. When you first saw that, you know, tall ball lineup that they that they played with in the scrimmages, were you surprised? Did you? I mean, I found it a little comical, but also exciting that that was how they were using him. What was your reaction to that? Well, I mean, part of it was just because they had to, because right. <laughs> literally all their guards weren't there. So it was, I think Troy Daniels was the only guy they had who was shorter than 6'6 that was available mm-hmm. that first game. And, but the, the other thing though, I think it saves him from that physical pounding that he just can't do right now. And so it's a it's a it's a good way to develop him. You know, we had a little bit of a similar thing in Memphis, not not nearly to the same extent, but when we drafted Jaron Jackson Jr. as a teenager, and even though he had the the height and the length of a five, his body hadn't filled out to to be able to physically bash against fives all the game. And so starting him out at the four was the, the obvious logical thing. And you can see over time he's transitioned a little more of his his minutes to five, and that'll probably continue to happen. But to, to start him out there is just subjecting a guy like that to to something physically that his body isn't ready for yet. So, yeah, I think playing him, especially at the four, uh, makes, makes a lot of sense for him going forward. Mm-hmm. One guy that you touched on, you know, when talking about the work that the Nuggets have done with not passing on guys um, who have fallen in the draft due to injury is Michael Porter. And I mean, we, we've seen glimpses of what he can do before the hiatus, but since he's arrived in Orlando, I feel like it's 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 been different than what we saw. You know, of course, he had his career-high 37 points against the Thunder. He followed that up with another 30-point performance the next night. And I mean, really up until Monday night's game against the Lakers, he was just producing really big, you know, performances and games. Is this the Michael Porter that, you know, people kind of expected him to be from the get. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing with him is he always had this ability to shoot from deep and at his size and with his ability to get off the floor and release it, it's just such a impossible closeout for defenders that you really have to play right on top of him. And then that obviously opens up some other stuff with him. Now, the thing I think the Nuggets have done a good job with is cleaning up some of the other things in his game, especially some of the defensive lapses, which, I mean, we saw, honestly, even in that first game against Miami where he, where Malone pulled him out of the game because he fell asleep a few times uh, on the defensive side of the ball. 
and he's really become more consistent at that end as, as I watch him and, and just, you know, a little more active, a little more aware. He doesn't need to be an amazing defensive player. He just, he just needs to sort of hold, hold his own at the three and four. And then his offensive ability and his rebounding can carry the rest. And he's such an interesting player for the Nuggets because when you look ahead, you look at Millsap maybe being a free agent. You look at uh, J- Jeremy Grant has a, has a player option. They're pretty close to the next year's tax uh, so that they have some tough decisions to make. Like he really, him developing into a starter caliber player and, and maybe even like a number two option offensively, either him or Jamal Murray, uh, really changes a lot of your ideas about what the Nuggets can be going forward and where they can be in the sort of hierarchy in the West, if he can be like a really high level contributing player and it informs, I think some of the hard decisions that they're going to have to make after this season. Absolutely. And, you know, I, Michael Malone has said multiple times how if this is his starting place is this is where Michael Porter is starting. Then that's a pretty high trajectory that he seems to be on. And we are going to get more in depth on the Nuggets future, where they can go. But first before we move on, we're going to hear from one of today's partners, Indochino. John, you were kind of starting to lead into this, but where do the Nuggets go from here? You know, they they have their eye set on really an NBA championship. That's where they think that they are and that they can be. But but what needs to happen for them to really, you know, take that next big step? I think they need – so w- when you look at this team, I think they need a little bit better guard play and more shooting. And then they the hard part is w- how do they become a really elite defensive team at the same time? Uh, to me, they're they're built in a way right now where they could potentially have the number one offense or number two offense in the league, but can they be a top 10 defense at the same time? It's it's hard with the players they have right now. I think if they had, you know, if they can get Gary Harris back to the level he was at maybe three years ago, I think you could say that more plausibly. But uh, you know, with Nikola Jokic, I mean, he's a he's a solid defender. He's better than people think, but it's he's not like one of the elite elite centers. So it's tough with with him always being at the, at the back line. Um, it, it forces them to play a certain way, and then they don't really have a high level perimeter stopper at the same time so you're relying on your scheme and and you know to kind of have uh enough solid players in your in your rotation that maybe nobody's a a weakness and so you can get to kind of a certain level that way but to to challenge the like the two LAs and and Milwaukee and really get to their level uh I mean it's 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 hard. It's hard to do without, especially when you don't have one as good as Nicola is. If you don't have one of the three or four best players in the league on your team, which which they don't, so uh, Porter can be potentially a big part of that. If he's just like a twenty point per game guy who can who can start all year and can stay in the lineup all year, which is still the other question with him. Uh, obviously, we've we've seen him out here and he looks good, but is that you know is the knee and the back and everything going to hold up? And then what level can Jamal Murray get to? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the thing that underlies all this. He's starting on a max contract next year. Is he really a max guy? I think most people right now would say no. But in, in his best moments, you can see how he, be, he can become one. And 
him him getting to that level, I think, is is a really important thing for this team because now that they have the two max guys with Murray and Jokic, they're they're a little handcuffed in some of the other things they can do. They're going to be working around the edges, making trades with role players, trying to find more guys in the draft. Uh, some of the things they've done to build the team to this point, certainly, but. There, there's only so high a level of player you're going to get that way most of the time. So I, I think internal improvement with, with Jamal Murray is, is something that isn't that sexy and isn't that le- like a thing that people talk about a lot, but I think it's a really important thing for the Nuggets. Right. You know, I'm really glad that you mentioned Jamal because that is a really important part. As you said, with his max contract, that is totally an investment in you know, his continued development. He's in his fourth year now. And from what I've heard, the big thing that people want to see from him is consistency. And that would kind of, you know, solve his problems. Do you see that it's just consistency that he needs to do to kind of take it to that next level to at least compete with other all-star point guards like Russell Westbrook, like Stephen Curry, like Chris Paul? Well, to, to me in particular, it's it's shooting consistency. It's it's being enough of a threat enough of the time uh, that that they really feel the need to have to crowd him on the perimeter, and then that opens up so many other things for for his game. But to me, the the long range game, the ability to hit threes off the dribble consistently, that's going to be the difference making skill for him that determines whether he's a, a pretty good player or an all star player. Right. And I, I mentioned briefly briefly before with free agency is probably the you know biggest name on the docket for the Nuggets with people that they have who could be become a free agent is Jeremy Grant. You know he's only played this one season with the Nuggets. He did not play last night against the Lakers. He's questionable tomorrow against the Clippers. I mean, what what how, what do you think of how he's performed with the Nuggets this season? Does it make sense for them to be aggressive in trying to bring him back? Yeah, it's interesting because I, I think he's just been okay. I, he's best to me as a backup five, and he hasn't really been able to play that because uh, Mason Plumlee has played most of those minutes. But Plumlee, to me, is probably not going to be back next year if you look at their cap situation and, and kind of what, what they would probably want to do. I mean, certainly I think, I think they would probably want to invest some money in, in wings with the mid-level. I don't see them paying into the luxury tax. Uh, Paul Millsap, we'll see if he comes back or not. Uh, but, but to me, paying, paying Plumlee is, is a luxury, and it's much easier to bring back Jeremy Grant and have him play at four and five uh, than to do some of those other things. He's got the option for 9.3 million. It's really one of those where it's 50, 50, where, where you could see it going either way. Mm -hmm. I do think because of everything that's going on, you're going to see maybe more people opt for security than, than they might have in the past. And, uh, and decide to take their chances in 2021 free agency rather than, uh, it's it's going to be an uncertain landscape, certainly this this off season. I'm, I keep on saying this summer, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> this fall or right. this, you know October or whenever it is, uh, it's it's going to be an interesting environment for that. So I do wonder because of that if he opts in. The other thing they could do, they can do an extension with him too, mm-hmm. and get it, have him opt in for the year, and then tack a couple years onto that. Now. The Nuggets may be thinking the same thing financially that, hey, we'd kind of like to wait and see what happens here before we commit more money. So I, d- I don't know how that situation is going to play out on 
their end either. But I, I guess my big takeaway is is Grant between Grant, Millsap, and Plumley. To me, Grant is the guy you probably bring back. You count on Porter to kind of start in Millsap's place, and then Grant's probably going to cost you about half as much as Millsap does to to bring back. And and he's younger, so you could probably have him for a couple more years. So I would I would think that's the way that goes. But again, that's a that's a hard decision there. I mean, Millsap's been a really valuable player for them. Even, even this year, like mm-hmm. his on-court versus off-court is, is like, like they're a different team without him. So I don't envy Tim Connolly's decision <laughs> with that. Neither do I. Yeah. I mean, I've said that I think that Paul Millsap has honestly been one of their most consistent players all year. And that doesn't mean going off, going crazy. But I mean, night in, night out, he just seems to be giving the Nuggets what they expect from him and want from him. And I feel like that's the same thing with Mason Plumlee too, is you, you know what you're going to get and you're always going to get it pretty much. Yeah, sure. I just, I mean, Plumlee certainly, I mean, bringing him back at 14 million makes no no sense (laughs) at all. Now, if he was, you know, we'll see what the market is for somebody like him. I mean, centers have had a tough time getting paid Mm -hmm. the last few years. Uh, But to me, it still seems a little bit of a luxury in that their free agent money would be better targeted, uh, toward the perimeter, uh, maybe getting one or two more guys at the two and three positions in in particular who could really help them. Absolutely. Well, it's like you said, we have a couple more months until all of that plays out, but it'll be very, very interesting to to see what happens, especially considering all of the craziness that's happened. It's going to be interesting to see how the Nuggets and really the entire rest of the NBA closes out this bubble play. As I mentioned before, the Nuggets will take on the Los Angeles Clippers tomorrow. That is Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. But for now, that's going to do it for us. So thanks again, John, so much for stopping by and chatting with me. I've really enjoyed all your insight. And everyone else, head to the uh, head to the Athletic to read all of John's work, my work, listen to all the episodes of the Rainbow Skyline podcast. And until next time, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> <laughs>